Welcome to the Day Before Leadership Podcast. I pray it encourages you to move from surviving to thriving in your leadership. If you enjoy it, make sure you subscribe and share it. Here's today's interview. Curtis Lofton, what's up, man? Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me, man. Just in, uh, got the little one down for a nap and just enjoying my, my little break. That's it, brother. Well, uh, man, you are an All-American Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. You played in the NFL, I believe, for six years. Is that right? Man, you better give me all my three, nine. Nine, man. Uh, for I played people, for eight, but I got nine. That's it, baby. For people who always wondered what it takes to get to the NFL, as you look back at your life, what are three of the biggest co- contributors to you making it to the league? Um, I, if, if I had to list three, the first one that would come to mind is work. And if I go into more details on work, it's, it, it's about, um, you know, I had a lot of God-given ability, but at the same time, I had to work for everything that I've gotten, whether it's in the weight room, in the film room, out on the football field. So, and number two would be um, not listening to naysayers. Because there's so many people that told me that, man, are you sure you want to do that? I don't, are you sure you want to do that? I don't think you're able to do that. That's, you're from Kingfisher. And so one of the, one of my favorite shirts I, I, I wear, it says, just a kid from Kingfisher. And it's just, it's just a reminder that no matter where you come from, what you've been through, don't listen to people because they don't know the kind of heart that you have and what you're willing to do to get what you want to get. And number three is um, enjoy the process. Um, it's it, it's difficult, you know. It's always going to be hard, but as long as you enjoy what you're doing, then you know it, it's not it's not work. And a lot of people that and when I say enjoy the process, it doesn't it's not going to come. The results aren't going to be there immediately. It may take years, it may take months, it may take weeks, but um, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, it doesn't matter. Man, that's so good. I want to touch up on one of those, and that's uh, don't listen to the naysayers. I like to always say, man, if you want to get to the door of your destiny, you got to get past the hallway of haters. And so yeah. people out there who are sharing their dreams with people, it can be even family members, and they're kind of getting tore down. What would you tell those people who have dreams these desires, these goals, these plans. And it even seems so big that they don't even want to share with other people. How would you encourage them to, like, man, just pursue it, push past the haters? What would you tell them? Well, one of the things is believe in yourself. I think that, um, and I always say, hey, I'm going to bet on myself regardless of what anybody else says. Um, I remember when I was in high school, one of my best friend's dad, um, you know, who really just was really a mainstay in my life. Um, when I was trying to go to OU, I could have went anywhere in the country to play football. And he said, man, you sure you want to go to OU? Maybe you should go to one of these other colleges so you, so you can play. And it's like, and I looked at him, I said, no, I'm going to go to OU. Like, uh, I don't, I'm not running away from no competition. So I always believed in myself. And one of the, one of my, things that just really stuck with me that my grandma instilled in me at a young age is humble yourself and you'll be exalted. 
And if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. And so I just always humble myself and just put the work in. And, you know, you can be confident in yourself as long as you know you're putting the work in. Man, that's so good, Curtis. Uh, thinking about your NFL career, I believe you had 13 surgeries. Um, you averaged one and a half surgeries per offseason. I, I believe you, have, you never missed a game. Is that correct? Yes, to so both of those. 13 surgeries, you hadn't missed a game. Speak to how people can, can push through the pain in life. They might not be on a football field, but some people are going through lots of pain in their marriage, going through pain with their children, going through pain in their finances, and even pain in their Christian walk. But they speak to them about not giving up and pushing through that pain. Well, one of the things that helped me push through the pain especially when it came to football was um, I knew that I had 10 other guys depending on me and that um, if, if I could, if, if I knew if I could get out on the football field and I could play and wouldn't be a liability, I was going to be out there. And, you know, there's, you know, most times you're never on a field 100%. And I knew that. And so I just always, Hey, I checked in with myself. Hey, can you get out here? Can you do it? Are you a liability? And, um, I was able to play, but in life, you realize that life's always on third curveballs. Life's always gonna beat you down. Life's always gonna be pressing you on all sides. But the one thing that, you know, that we all know that we can put our, our trust in, and, you know, one of my favorite songs that I was just listening to before this is, it's another in a fire. And no matter what you go through, you know, Jesus is always right next to you. He's going to hold your hand. He's going to give you the strength when you don't think you can. He's going to, you know, I ask God to protect my mind because sometimes, you know, in your mind, your body can do it, but your mind's not ready. So I ask God to put his uh, favor and protection around my mind to not let any negative thoughts, not any, you know, because you can, you can be your own worst own enemy in your mind. And so just knowing that, hey, regardless of what I'm going to go through, God's going to be going through with me is – is everything I needed to know. Man, that's so good. Some of the most negative things we set, hear about ourselves are said to ourselves by ourselves. So you, man, you spot on right there. Now you've been off the field. For how long have you been retired from the NFL? I think it, uh, going on four years. So four years, about nine years in the league, played football your entire life, nine years in the NFL, now you're four years off of it. Speak on the issue of identity for people who finding their identity and what they do, not in not on who God says they are and, and how you found yourself and, and your worth in the Lord and not as a linebacker in the NFL? Well, that's a, that's, that's a great question. Um, I tell people all the time is, I know when I was playing, I used to say, hey, football's not who I am. It's just something that I did. And one of the things when I decided to retire that I realized is, man, this is a bigger part of me than what I thought I thought it was. And, you know, I had to readjust my priorities and see, hey, what's really important? And um, the whole time is like, you know, I've been doing this, I've been playing football for 20 plus years, 25 plus years. And when it's taken away, there's a piece that's missing. And so for me, that piece that was missing that I had to really fill in with is God. And you know, I had to realize for myself is that there's, I, I broke life up into, into two halves. The first half, you know, I was so determined to be successful and, you know, make a name for myself and get fame. 
And now the second part of my life is about making a significance for the kingdom of God. It's like, I don't care about um, being famous. I just care about being faithful. God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And that's where I'm at right now. Man, that's so good. Love that, man. And talk to everybody about how you came to a relationship with Jesus. Take us back to the moment and how that all came to be. Well, this is also, you know, I grew up, uh, I grew up in the church. I grew up um, in FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and doing so many things. But I didn't really find Christ till I was 20, 26 years old. Um, and that was in, actually in New Orleans. You know, uh, I played church and I had a, I had religion, but I didn't have a relationship. And, you know, I remember, uh, I think it was 2012, 2013, I'm driving down to sign. I see Celebration Churches is uh, great for kids. And I was like, man, I'm a big kid. I can, I can go over there. And so I went there and ran into a goofy looking dude named uh, Pastor Manley. And uh, we met for a year. And through that year of conversations, the guy just really began to work on my heart begin to change me and um I got to a point to where I'm driving in my car well I woke up I woke up one morning one morning and I said man I'm, I didn't like who I saw in the mirror it's like man I have all the money I have all the fame I have whatever I whatever you could want and I wasn't happy and I remember get, I got in my car and I was driving and I just remember just feeling just so heavy and I just remember saying God if you are who you say you are I want you in my life I need you in my life. And in that moment, I felt the peace like I never felt. And, you know, I, I didn't have a father in my life, but the whole time God said, hey, I've been here. I'm your father. I've been here this whole time. And in that moment, I came to know Christ in a whole nother way. I went from having a religious relationship to having a relationship with him. And I would like to have said that, hey, man, it was the easiest. After I gave my life to Christ, it was the easiest. It was instant that. No, like God had to begin to, he began to clean me from the inside out. And sometimes that outside appearance and some of the things that came out of my mouth really didn't reflect what was going on inside. And God just began cleaning up me and he's still cleaning up me to this day. But I'm just so thankful that um, I made that decision. Amen. Me too, man. I'm so happy that you did. Uh, You're still in the league and when you accepted Christ, in that year so was, how was it difficult for you to uh, remain faithful to Christ among your teammates in the league and tell the people was that a challenge for you well one of the things that I'll say you have to be bold in your faith and God had put when I came to God man I was on the fire for him and some of the people I was hanging out with some of the people some of the things I was saying some of the things I was listening to some of the things that I was watching God began to change the desires of my heart. And those same people, I was like, they asked me to do some things. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm not really with that. You know, uh, man, I'm a, um, I'm living for God. I'm, a, I'm, you know, I gave my life to God. They were like, what you mean? I thought you was a Christian before. What you mean? You're not a Christian now? And I was like, oh, no, what I had before was religion. Now I have a relationship. And so um, I was, you have to be willing to lose people for growth. And so I lost a lot of people to grow in my relationship with God and grow in my relationship as a, and, and grow as a man, as a father, and as a husband. And, you know, the one thing that, you, that I tell people is 
you know, people don't believe what you say. They believe in what you do. And, like, they watch your actions. Hey, I know he's telling me this, but is he living that? And so the more I lived it, they began to say, man, I mean, people coming to, she was my girlfriend at the time, but now, hey, Jenny, what's, something's different about Curtis. Like, what is, and then those same people that didn't want to hang out with me began to ask me on the side, hey, man, uh, tell me about this God thing. And it was, uh, it, 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 it just amazes me how, you know, once you start living for him and you let your light shine, that it, it shines on and darkness can't come nowhere near you. So good, man. Uh, two last questions. Want to honor your time. You speak highly ever since I've known you about your grandmother, all she's done for you and instilled in you. What's one of the biggest lessons? It could have been a one-liner, a quote, a scripture. What's one thing that you've, that you've kept with you, you've passed on to your daughters and your, and your family? I mean, if I had to pick one thing, it would just be, it's kind of like what I said earlier, is work. You know, my grandma, she raised three kids of her own and then decided to raise her daughter's three kids, which isn't an easy feat because me and my two older brothers, we was, I think we were possessed with demons. We were so bad. Um, but I just, I just, like I said, you don't listen to people I listened to a lot of things she said, but I just watched her and she worked endlessly for in the church. She either cleaned the church, she's praying for people and she still worked two jobs. And, you know, she's always was just a true servant. And like, for me watching that, like I, I seen Jesus in her in so many ways and how to serve and how to lead people. And that's one of the biggest things that I took from her. Amen. More is caught than taught for everybody watching or listening. People are always following your example. You shouldn't worry that your kids don't listen to you. You should worry that they always listen to you, always watch you. All right, Curtis, man, last question. It's a big one, man. And I can't think of a better person to answer this question. With everything going on in our world with social injustice and the racism and disunity, man, I wonder if you could speak a word of hope and healing uh, to our nation, to everybody who's watching or listening right now. You model this better than anybody I've maybe I've ever seen. And so I know God's given you wisdom uh, to speak into this issue. And then I ask you after, would you mind praying for healing and unity in our nation? Um, man, this is, this has been a real touchy and uh, a real heated subject around pretty much the entire world right now is social injustices, racism, and all these things. And the one thing that I can definitely say is, I grew up in Kingfisher, America, and I was the only black person in my school. And so I, I seen a lot of it, I felt a lot of it, but one of the things I did feel is, and I learned at an early age is, I don't judge anyone based off their skin. I judge them based off on their intentions and how they treat others. And, you know, I have white people that love me, you know, closer than black people did. And so the one thing that I would say is, is, you know, as Christians, we're called to love our neighbors. We're called to love people as we love ourselves. And that, you know, and it's, it's so funny as you say, hey, I'm called to love people as I love myself. Sometimes that, and we talked about it earlier, sometimes the way we talk to ourselves isn't very loving. And so God has to come in and clean out your heart and clean you out so you can love other people like they deserve and how you deserve to be loved. And, you know, I've been faced just here recently dealt with a lot of the things and just seeing on Facebook, some of the hurtful things people are posting. And um, I choose to 
you know, it's like shed light where there's so many, so much darkness. We have to, we have, we have to be a light and be fine with having conversations, not arguments. There's a difference between having a conversation and an argument. And I, we, we don't have that much time to get into all that, but let's have conversations. And, you know, the number one thing is if we point people to Jesus, then we can get past all this. And um, I, I have so much more to say. And we'll probably have to do a whole nother podcast just on this topic alone. But love Jesus and love people. That's the only thing that uh, I'll, I'll leave us with. Man, that's so good. I love what Joshua says. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The me comes before the mind. I love what you said, how before we can love others, we need to receive the love that Jesus has for us and for Jesus to do a cleansing in our own minds and our own hearts. Would you take a moment and pray for that, that people can look within, just as they have to look within any symptoms with COVID, they need to look within to see if there's any symptoms of racism, private conversations going on in their own homes, in their own heads, in their own hearts. And uh, just pray for unity and healing in our nation, my brother. Most definitely. Lord, we just come to you today and just want to say thank you for everything and say thank you for all the times that we don't say thank you, Lord. And uh, this world that we're living in, God, it's it's turned upside down. And we know that we need to put you in everywhere, Lord. We need to put you back in the schools and the government and our households and our cars, wherever we go, Lord. As long as you're with us, Lord, we know that we'll be able to come this. And Lord, I just thank you for everything. And Lord, I just pray you just begin to, you know, there's people who have questions, Lord, about racism. And Lord, I pray that you you just guide all the conversations and I guide and put the people and their lives and lord more than anything i pray that you say hey if there's any in your word god it says that if there's anything that offends you lord i pray that you just take it away and i pray that you just begin to take all these things out of people's hearts that are holding them back from you know from this world being unified and and living for you god and just thank you for everything in jesus name i pray amen amen thank you curtis law for spending some time with us brother hey anytime man thanks for having me